We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. We are all positive news in Warriors land these days. Nah, not really. But um, <laughs> two two wins this weekend. You know, everything's. I I'm going to tell you this. I've recorded after every game this season, okay. and the numbers reflect the ebbs and flows of people's interest in this team. And anyway, with that, I have to say, I got Aaron Larsoul across from me this week. And the Warriors are officially the three seed right now with one week to go in the NBA season. We have three Warriors games, four Mavericks game. Most teams probably have four games to play. The Warriors have three games to play. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, I, but now I want to know. Now I'm curious. You said the ebbs and flows of, of uh, the, the listenership and the interaction kind of ebbs and flows with how the Warrior season is going. Do you get more interaction and, and downloads when it's good or bad? It was good. Come on, man. Uh, but um, at least at least on Green Room, you get you get people wanting to sound so, off. So people... that's that's uh, you, you go both ways. I guess I guess the better way to put it is yeah, NBA. You season, don't know me. You don't know me that well. The NBA season's long. Yes. When things happen, there are spikes. Okay. A loss to the Sacramento Kings is not going to bring out the Boo Birds the way that a loss on Saturday night with LeBron James getting fifty six on the Warriors might. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's it's kind of uh, it, it's fun to track, but but that's you know people aren't here for my analytic takes on my pods. <laughs> so right now, though, I want to ask. I want to start with this. Okay, Warriors beat the Sacramento Kings. They obviously beat the Utah Jazz, which we'll get to later. They are currently holding the three seed over the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas yes. Mavericks dropped. Um, remind me who they lost the game to. Uh, well, they beat they beat Milwaukee uh, today, and right. uh, was it? It was either yesterday or the day before. It was two days ago. They lost to the Wizards. So the Wizards, they, yeah, they lost one. They should, you know, they lost one. They they gave one away and then kind of stole one back. Well, the Warriors gave one away to the Wizards too. So you know, it is what it is. You ain't lying. And but the what? Pistons and the Magic. <laughs> but anyway. Right now, the Warriors are holding on to the three seed. If they win out, they will control the three seed destiny. Do you even think that matters? I guess that's where I want to get with it. Yeah, I think it matters a lot um, for a couple of reasons. 
I think I think the I, I think well and and obviously <laughs> the Warriors want to play Utah and it seemed like that was going to be the four or five thing. You would like to play Utah first, but Utah is in danger of falling down to six um, because they can't beat anybody. And and Denver's been playing pretty well recently. Um, but I think it matters much more in the second round. I think Phoenix might be a better matchup for the Warriors. However, the way that Phoenix plays and how how drilled they are and how cohesive they are and how precise they are, I think to beat them, you want to have Steph at full health. I mean, you, you need Steph at full health anyway, but I think you want to have more time with Steph kind of figuring out all the cohesion because he and Clay and Dre haven't played together. Those guys know what they're doing. They have all that championship experience. But those guys in Poole or those guys in Wiggins, they don't, as a unit, have uh, all of that experience. I think that experience is going to matter more against Phoenix. And so I would rather play Phoenix later. It also gives a chance for Chris Paul to get hurt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think even more, uh, another reason for it is I would rather play Memphis in the second round because we don't know what Jaws' health is going to be like. He hasn't played in a while. Obviously, Memphis has still been the destroyer Ooh, of worlds without him, but they're not winning without John the playoffs. And right now, his knee injury is kind of strange, so you'd rather get them earlier. So so you're going pure, like, brass politic on this. Like, from the strategic standpoint, I, I like this. Um, I hadn't considered it from this angle because for the listeners of the show, I've always gone with the Warriors would rather play Phoenix first because I think Phoenix is a more beneficial matchup for the Warriors and has mostly to do with DeAndre Ayton versus the Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, um, you know, whoever they bring out of the, uh, the Appalachians to, <laughs> to add to that. Like, I mean, they're bigger, stronger, faster. Yes. Really yes, they are. yes. And the Warriors have, as you've noted on this show and on Twitter, the Warriors have beaten uh, the Suns on the backboard all four games this year so i agree with that i just think that it takes more precision to beat phoenix than it does memphis and so i think having some time with steph back to to try to generate that precision um i think in this case i agree with you i think phoenix is a better matchup but i think i'd rather play it's interesting i think um so and jaw's injury let's break this down okay so i think they're more likely to get their precision back than they are to be physical really quick. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the Warriors, like this all goes under the assumption that Steph Curry is back. You know, it takes him a week to find his rhythm and they're the Warriors by round two. That's, that's kind of how I'm going with it. Whereas your, your perspective seems more like Memphis can be a street fight no matter what. Yes. And they can, they can, Phoenix is going to be its own thing no matter what, but like get the street fight out of the way. Well, yeah, especially because <laughs> if it's a street fight, <laughs> the Memphis best fighter is also coming off injury. And we like his is even more, the timeline is even more mysterious than Steph's, right? Like we, that, we that's think true. Steph that's, is coming back I've, for I've the kind beginning of, of the playoffs. We don't know what Ja. I feel very confident Steph will be back, but you're right. I've always assumed Ja was back. I haven't even consider the possibility yeah i don't know that, i mean that it's that been weird be right thing. it wasn't his knee and then he was day to day and then it was he's going to be reevaluated in a few weeks it's like it's been very like 
<laughs> for Lakers fans, it's been very like Kendrick Nunn-esque. For Warriors <sighs> fans, it's been very James Wiseman-esque. It's like it's like kind of day-to-day, and then all of a sudden, wait, no, it's not. It's it's weird. So do I think Jaw's gonna be back? Yeah, but knee injuries are tricky. Warriors fans will know, you know, Steph had him in the playoffs when he slipped on what was the dude from uh, from Washington, from Houston. Uh Demonis Monyunas. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. He like slipped on I, his sweat or something. I hate right? his name. I like him. I like him as a player, but I'm still bitter about him. So, and those things can be tricky, right? And and we just don't know what it is. So I I think I would rather get if it is going to be a street fight. And and you've talked about this before, but Memphis kind of reminds of those old uh, OKC teams that yeah. that the Warriors used to struggle struggle with because they just got in you and you had trouble executing the Warriors scheme and system because they were bigger and faster and stronger and they were just annoying to play against. Um, I also think you maybe want to get Memphis early because I think that in addition to Ja, we don't know um, his injury stuff, all that like confidence and swagger and stuff like you don't want to give that a chance to really get rolling and young teams tend to not do very well in the playoffs. And I don't think Memphis has suffered enough. You know, they won that the opener against Utah last year and then got the doors blown off them four straight games. I don't know that that's suffering enough. So they still kind of have this group, at least still kind of has a lack of playoff experience. And I don't know that you want to let them gain more on, you know, another round of playoff experience before playing them. I think you want to get them early. No, no, I, I I get what you're saying. I hadn't even considered it from that angle. Like in my mind, Jaw was going to be you know mid season Jaw, destroyer of worlds, that guy. If he is questionable, they don't know who they are with him. That leads to like their swagger really goes down. It's not like kind of the same team we've seen, and not that the Warriors can't beat them in any context. But for a Warriors team that's working through whatever, you know, like they're whatever lineup they roll out in the starting lineup of game one will be probably the first time those guys have played together. Right. They can use they can use as many advantages as they can get right now. Like there's yeah. no around. Yeah, I think I would rather be, I guess what it boils down to, especially as we don't know Jaws, you know, what his health is gonna be like. I think I would rather be working through stuff against Memphis than against Phoenix. Even though I agree with you, Phoenix is probably a better matchup for the Warriors. I think the Warriors would would handle them more easily, all things considered. I just think you want to be I would rather be working through stuff against Memphis than against Phoenix. Yeah, no, I you've sold me. Assuming what you're saying is how it goes. Let me ask you this before we move on to the next topic. Of the teams the Warriors are going to play in the first round, mm-hmm. and by that I mean, you know, Dallas, Utah, Denver, I guess Minnesota has a shot, but probably not. Who would you consider the most advantageous matchup? Utah. Utah's broken. Are, are you, Utah. you're not, you're not just reacting to Saturday night? No, 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 no. Utah, Utah doesn't like each other. They have very specific weaknesses that they have not corrected. Um, even though Joe Ingles hasn't had a good or didn't have a good season and then they traded, got hurt and got traded. He is a loss for them. Um, their offense has been good this year, but they, the Warriors can punish them in ways that they cannot punish back. Anytime Rudy Gobert posts up, like it's, it's so easy to switch. The Warriors like to switch, um, 
they're, the Warriors are a pretty switch-heavy defense. You can switch against Rudy Gobert and literally anybody on the Warriors, and it's not going to hurt you. It might hurt you on the offensive glass a little, but they won't throw him the ball. And if they do, he's not hurting you in the paint. It's not Jonas Valanciunas. It's not Steven Adams. You know, it's not Cad. It's not Jokic. It's not Embiid. I mean, he's a huge mammoth human being, but he's just not any good around the basket. I mean, catching and dunking is fine, but like post moves, getting his own, it just doesn't work. So they also, for as good as Rudy go. I kind of feel bad for him because like the clips are starting to roll out and it just makes Donovan Mitchell look awful the whole way yes. through like like and I it's do, going to be I the do, last nail in the coffin for I do agree this iteration with, I, of utah i do agree with you on like the macro sense like rudy's not hakimi hakim you're not throwing it to him in the post <laughs> like, like just go to work but like dude if he's posting jordan pool throw him the ball and let him get one dribble and and dunk right like that sort of thing like he's capable of that and that he does but he doesn't but he is he capable of it I would say theoretically, but apparently not because he never does it, right? Like the Clippers, the, same, the, the Clippers s- had Terrence Mann, like and, and Terrence, Reggie Jackson Ter- guarding Terrence him. Terrence Mann's a, okay, okay, fair, okay, yeah. They had him guard. You're right. Like he's not punishing. He's he, he's not going to punish Steph, whether he's incapable of it or whether the Jazz have no confidence in it, so they won't throw him the ball for whatever reasons. You can switch anybody on him in the post, and the Jazz and he do not take advantage of it for. Is it because they don't like him and they don't want to give him the ball? Is it because it doesn't work and he's not very good at it and you don't have to double him? And even if you do, he's not a good passer out of it. There's just like any definitely not a good passer. Out of it. Anytime yeah. Rudy Gobert catches the, the ball in the post, I don't care who it's against. Go ahead. Like it's, it's a win for the defense and for everything that he does really well defensively. We've seen Steph turn him into a pretzel on the perimeter already in the playoffs a bunch. There used to be the thing that he got played off the floor in the playoffs. I think that was overstated, but a lot of their defensive struggles in the playoffs are because their perimeter defenders are so bad. Rudy has to run all over the place trying to make up for all of that. And that hasn't been addressed. You know, they don't have anybody to guard the the Warriors perimeter guys. So I I know that's that's a hundred times out of a hundred. I want, I want Utah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk about that. Like, let's get into that Saturday night game. I don't even think the Warriors played that well on Saturday. I thought the Warriors, they did not. I thought the Warriors played like subpar basketball and got hot, but like they played very well for like four minutes. They can only get hot against Utah because Utah literally has like guys of your and my athletic caliber on the perimeter <laughs> defensively. Like it's a, it's a bad look. 
It's a bad and they don't month. like it. I think the undersold part of it is they don't like each other. And that leads to, and I think it comes from offense. Um, you know, like Donovan doesn't trust. We, I, there was some stat today that was going around Twitter. I think less than two, less than two passes a game. Yeah. yeah. He throws, he throws Donovan Mitchell throws Rudy Gobert two passes a game. Um, and I think it was, I think I saw a follow-up stat that Trey young has more assists to Clint Capella this year than Donovan Mitchell has passes to oh, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> not good. Not good. So I think, I think some of that, and they just like have had personality conflicts for a while. But that really like manifests itself on defense because defense, you have to trust everybody else and you have to be cohesive. You have to be communicative. And you, you saw it during that Warriors run, like there was nobody around Wiggins walks into that first three. And then after that, it's the same thing over and over. It's like Draymond pick and roll or Draymond dribble handoffs to clay. And it's just wide open, butt naked threes for the second best shooter in the history of planet earth. And a lot of it looked like, like these guys, they're just like checked out and don't want to play with each other. Yeah. They, they basically, they caught them making one to two bad defensive rotations and the Utah jazz did. Everyone's been on a team where you don't like each other. And it's like one bad play arms in the air. See, I knew I couldn't trust him. Yep. That's sort of a thing. bunch of, it's a bunch of pointing at each other. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. That's, the, that's the Utah jazz right now. Meanwhile, the warriors who have a lot of things to work through on their own, just stuck together there. That's literally all that had to happen right there. It's like, stay together, stay the course. Utah's going to fold. That's what happened on Saturday night. Um, I want to move this forward. Where are you at with Clay right now in his recovery process? Like, yeah, I feel like it's two separate questions. What do you think of Clay's play in context of his comeback? And what do you think about Clay? in context of the Warriors making a title run? So I think, I don't think, I mean, Clay has, his shot has looked better the last couple of weeks. It's still nowhere close to Clay. Um, oh, what part? Like, it's not, it's not his shot. It's his shot selection. Well, his shot selection has gotten a lot better. But the shot, like, you don't think every time he shoots the ball, it's going in anymore. You say, yeah, like, he still can shoot it. And he still terrifies mm-hmm. people, but I don't think like even when like when Steph was going through his, you know, he was going three for seventeen for for from three we, we for like a couple weeks. Here. Uh, every time he shot the ball, you still thought it was going in. Yeah, I don't feel that way about Clay yet, but I think that you have to not and not just the politics of it, but I think you have to live and die with with Clay. Whatever version you're going to get, I think you have to live and die with Clay because even when he's just a good shooter and not an otherworldly shooter, two things. One, he still has the chance. And this is something I want to talk about later, like uh, the decisions that raise the floor versus raise the ceiling. Even He has a chance still to get as hot as anyone in the history of planet Earth. And he is still, even when he's not shooting the ball well, still terrifies defenses. So even when he's not playing well or shooting well, I think he still has intrinsic value that makes him definitely have to be a part of your best five minutes. Well, well, let's let's take it to Saturday, okay? So actually, let me take it broader. Okay, so you could say he's the reason they lost against Phoenix on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. Like the same reason you would say he lost 
the game on Wednesday is the reason he won the game on Saturday. All this gets back to this overwhelming concept, which is dude's getting up a lot of shots. Yes, he is. He's not not shy. And they're riding him like he's Clay Thompson. You know, game six, NBA finals. That's our dude. We are riding him. And I want to ask you macro-wise, how do you feel about that? Because I'm watching this and like, on the one hand, he's a gamer. I trust him mentally. Like he... Mm -hmm. He's not a guy who's going to get shook by any opponent. Giannis can have 40 on the Warriors, and he's going to think he can stick him and hit four shots in a row and win the game. Yes. Like, he's that level of confident in himself. He's And that comes from three championships and just being that kind of guy. On the other hand, I'm watching, and I'm wondering, does this Warriors team need to evolve off of the general Steph clay and a bunch of dudes passing ball and circle thing. Yes, probably. But, and this is, this is why like the Steph injury here has been so problematic. In addition to the fact that the team isn't very good without him. Uh, it's so problematic because like clay's shot selection has gotten a little better, but is he feeling like he has to get, and, and part of this is Jordan Poole too, because Jordan Poole the last you know month or so has been so good offensively that maybe Clay doesn't feel like he has to force it. But for a lot of the season in Clay's return, he's been forcing a lot. Does Clay need to shoot less? No. I want Clay shooting as much as he wants, and Clay wants to shoot every shot. Clay needs to shoot better shots. All the, all the off the dribble stuff, he just it just doesn't work. Um, and so when he's feeling like he needs to get shots up and four shots, very forced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'll catch and shoot anything. I still want clay doing one dribble pull-ups I'm okay with, but when he's like trying to get in the lane and he ends up like that, those, that baseline floater where he's kind of like leaning to left or right, kind of falling out of bounds, like, or like falling backwards because he doesn't have the athleticism anymore to like go straight up and not get his shot blocked that kind of stuff we got to get rid of. But I don't like in a macro sense, I don't need Clay shooting less, but part of this is how much does he feel like he has to force it because Steph isn't around. How much is he going to when Steph is there? And like, but yes, I think, I think to answer the the second part of the question, yes, I think the Warriors offense is going to need to evolve from the like Steph and Clay run around and let Draymond find you because as great as that can be, that only really works when those guys are at their peak. And we haven't seen either one of them at their peak this year. And like that used to confuse everybody and get all of that, all of those actions got like people like Sean Livingston and Andre Guadala and Kevin Durant, et cetera, like slips for dunks, even Looney, you know, all of that. And it's not the case anymore. You know, the Warriors, I think it was two years ago or three years ago, like led the league in dunks because all of that stuff confuses people so much that they were able. But now teams have caught on to it. And especially in playoff series where there are where you have more time to focus on each opponent and you're playing better, smarter defenses in general. Yeah, I think there needs to be some evolution of that or the Warriors half court offense is not going to look great. All right. Let's assume Steph is back for game one of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. What's your starting lineup? We haven't even talked about Jordan Poole, who 
currently who, playing, who is, who's who's currently play, playing who, like one of the five best players in the who's, NBA. Who's who's who uh, who's the opponent? Because I think that matters. Let's assume it's Utah or Denver. That's okay, the, that's uh, the route it's going. I think I'm, I, you know what I think it would be the same either way. Um, my starting lineup is Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Dre. So you're going small the whole way through. Yeah, because well, I mean, what's the alternative? You play Looney, you're still small, and you don't get the benefit, especially against Utah. I definitely do that. I like I hear the argument if you want Looney against Jokic. I disagree because you're still small and you don't get the benefits uh, on the offensive end. And Dre is going to be a better defender against Jokic anyway. So um, I would list, I would play Looney more in a series against Denver than I would in a, I don't, I don't think you play Looney at all, frankly, against Utah. Um, because like, yeah, I just, I just don't. Uh, and you're going to get mashed against Denver. You're going to get like, you're going to get mashed. You're going to get crushed. Um, but I think that, I, what I was going to say earlier, I think that uh, Kerr leans defense and wants to solve his problems with defense. He kind of defaults yes. to defense and thinks that his scheme will get buckets. Um, and in the playoffs, I'm not sure it will. So I think you want to, and what that what that's doing is kind of raising the the floor of like competency and uh, like standards of basketball. I think you need to raise for the Warriors to win a championship. I think you need to lean. He needs to lean offense and try to raise the ceiling because I think the Warriors at their best may be better than anybody in the NBA. Uh, Brooklyn is at their best, absolute best. Fine. But like Brooklyn's got a lot of. Uh, Brooklyn's not going to guard anybody uh, in any circumstance. Brooklyn's not going to guard anybody. So I, the Warriors a plus may be better than anybody's. Um, and I think that he curse should be going towards that or trying to make decisions towards that as opposed to getting, you know, a B minus or B all the time, because that's not gonna, that's not going to be good enough. So I, I, I'm starting, uh, Steph pool, clay Wiggins, Dre. And I think Let me ask if, you if Wiggins is engaged and Dre is Dre, you're going to be good enough defensively. And that is probably the most explosive offensive group. Where are we at with uh, Kuminga? Kuminga tonight, 31 minutes, 17 points, 6 for 11. But Kuminga did not play the last two games. Four minutes against Utah, five minutes against Phoenix. Going to be honest with you, kind of shocked me. Because especially Phoenix, I mean, he kind of had his coming out party nationally. Against the Phoenix Suns with the the dunk on JaVale. He definitely uh, feels the camera in the moment, and I kind of like it, to be perfectly frank. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sitting here, I understand the coaching staff not wanting to lean into a 19-year-old rookie, but on the other hand, I see the only guy in this roster who gets to the rim with consistency. Yeah, um, you and I have been like kind of texting about this offline or talking about it offline. Um, I think especially in the playoffs, and it goes back to what I was saying, kind of leading, leaning offense and leaning into ceiling, like the highest ceiling as opposed to the highest floor. Um, and in the playoffs where you maybe can't get those system buckets and it's not so easy, somebody that can get to the rim just physically and get kind of a garbage 
you know, eight, 10, 12 points just off physicality and explosiveness and just kind of being around the rim and, and just getting garbage, right? Offensive rebounds and, you know, um, you know, baseline cuts and all of that kind of thing. Um, and even, and even his little like tornado spinning tornado move, I think you have to live with do not, do mistakes. Not, do not lean into the tornado thing. I, I think you have to live. Okay. We're yes, not going to acknowledge fair. that from a broadcast perspective. I think, you, I think you need to, I think you need to, uh, it's kind of the same philosophy I was just talking about. I think you need to live with some of the, the mistakes, especially defensively, because um, I think the Warriors are going to have trouble scoring in the half court. Uh, in the playoffs. And he is somebody that can kind of, when you just need a bucket, he's somebody you can throw it to. And just based on his like raw physicality and ability, he can get you some, some, some buckets that you're not going to get otherwise. All right. Let me ask you this. You're Steve Kerr. You've won three championships. Um, People ask you for, to do speaking engagements all the time, whatever it may be. Mm Mm-hmm. What are your top two to three goals in terms of playoff rotation? Who are you trying to give confidence to in a line? Where are you trying to go with this, this whole thing? Because this is objectively a different Warriors team than the teams which he made his name on and you know we're used to. Like the last time the Warriors were a lock to be a top three, four seed in the playoffs, they had Sean Livingston, Andre Godala, um, you know, the, the five championship run, that whole thing. This is, I, I know we have staff off injury, you know, fingers crossed, Clay Thompson, um, Draymond Green, but in general, this is a different group. Yeah. So I think, um, and this is this also becomes like the macro question of trying to align eras. Um, I don't like I, I think I think Moody and Kaminga should have played more this season, but I don't think you want development minutes like right now you owe it to Steph and Clay and Draymond and Iggy and, you know, to try to do your best to go win a title. Um, so. I think Moody has been pretty good. And I think if he had played more in the regular season, I think he probably could be useful in the playoffs, but he hasn't played enough for me to trust him in the playoffs. Kaminga has, but not as much as I would have played him in the regular season. So I think, I think my first thing that I'm trying to do is play. I think it's time to just make Jordan Poole a full-time starter. I think you play Steph and Poole and Clay together and just say to everybody else, stop it. Stop us. You're not going to stop us. Stop us. So I think the first thing I think like I think objective number one or not objective number one, but like plan A is I think in every starting lineup and every closing lineup, any any minute that matters, Steph, Jordan, Clay and Draymond are playing together because Draymond's going to be good enough defensively to hold you together. Steph's okay. Pool's still kind of a disaster. He's better than he was, but he's still kind of a disaster. Clay has his moments, but yeah, hasn't been great. Um, and and then you the 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 fourth guy, you if if you you know if you need GP two, you're really small. But if you want to go, just like stop one guy, or if you want Andre for the veteran savvy, um, if you need Otto Porter because you want some shooting and you want to still be kind of big and be able to rebound, or, or like so, there's combinations. But I think the team now in this playoff run revolves around. Steph, Poole, Clay, and Draymond. 
And I think you lean into it. I have fears that Jordan Poole is not going to start in the playoffs, but I think that would be a well, we're not mistake. Going down, we're not going down the road. Um, I think it would be a mistake. Let me let me end you on this. Let's let's go with all right. You're Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Give me the fairy tale route to the finals. Like, what does mm. it look like? Not just rotation wise, but like matchup wise. Like, I yeah. right, we, we got we got Denver round one that allows me to. Are we include Are we including the finals or just to the just to the West? Just to get to, to get to the finals. To get to the finals. Yeah. Um, Utah is definitely in round one because so you, I, it feels very easy and I can work all of these things out. Um, they do look like they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like ready to break. And they're, and, and, and like they really don't hide it either. Like, like Donovan Mitchell is publicly telling everyone, hey, I really hate everyone. You know, like it's very, it's very clear that they are on the verge of a uh, a collapse, and you know what? Go bear to the worst. No. <laughs> All right, and then uh, look. So we're gonna say the Warriors are the three seed, and then um, just because I think Steve Kerr is kind of petty, um, like in humorous ways, I think, and I am a little scared of of Memphis. Uh, I give me. Uh, Give me uh, Minnesota as the seven seed beating, <laughs> beating because oh, wow. he knows oh, wow. beating Memphis because he knows like he knows how to destroy D'Angelo Russell and I think Steve would just kind of enjoy that. Um, and for for all the athleticism and swagger that Minnesota does have, and they are explosive offensively, they're not going to guard anybody. Uh, and I am not worried about Carl Anthony Towns guarding a pick and roll. Plus, they have no playoff experience, so I think Steve would really enjoy that. I mean, we're, we're, I'm not talking about what I think could, is going to happen, but you're asking me the dream scenario. Um, and then I don't think Phoenix so. The, is, this dream, this dream scenario revolves around probably you know Jaw not coming back type of thing. Sure. Or just sure. like not being Jaw. Sure. Yeah. And then I think, I think you do want Phoenix because um, I think the Warriors are and should be very confident against Phoenix. And Steph has his rivalry, and I assure you. Steve Kerr has a little rivalry with Chris Paul also. So I, I think that uh, it would feel pretty good for Steve Kerr to kind of like beat the bully because they have become, hey, they're the best team in the NBA. Um, and I, I think Steve would, would enjoy that. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Utah, Minnesota, Phoenix. I think, that, I think that's the road that Steve Kerr would want. You don't really believe Phoenix is that good. I believe Phoenix is that good. I don't, I don't feel that Phoenix is particularly dangerous to the Warriors, but I do think Phoenix is that good. Um, I mean, Phoenix is really good. There's not a lot of teams that have won 65 games in an NBA season. Phoenix is really good. But I don't think they provide the specific challenges that some other teams do for the Warriors. The Warriors, yeah. like, you're not going to out-execute. Well, you can out-execute the Warriors, but the Warriors are not going to be like overwhelmed by execution. The Warriors can be overwhelmed by... Uh, by athleticism and length and uh, but you're not going to like out the Warriors might not play well they might not execute yeah, you're well not gonna turn catch the ball them over, but you're not right. going to catch them off guard like oh my god these yeah guys you're not going to really like smart. you're not you're not going to Chris Paul is not going to outsmart you know all these like young and and <laughs> unaware defenders on the Warriors like he can other teams all the little like playoff tricks and all of that gamesmanship and stuff that's not that's not going to work against the Warriors yeah but I do think fair. Phoenix is really good 
Nah, we, we don't respect fans around these parts. I, I I don't like him. Chris Paul is the least likable dude in the NBA, and I <laughs> root against. I will root against him winning a title. The only thing, the, the matchup I am dreading most in the NBA Finals, and I don't know that I don't think Philly's going to make it anywhere near. But Philly at Phoenix, because then either James Harden or Chris Paul is going to win a title, and I want neither of those. Things. Nah, I'm not worried about that. I don't. Philly's not. I'm, Philly has no chance. I'm Philly's watching. I'm watching Philly right now. I don't believe in them at all. They're the most confusing team in the NBA. I thought they'd have a little run at the title, but I don't think so. It's going to go the opposite way, and it's going to be very ugly in the summertime. That's my. That's my. Yeah, thoughts. and then like in the second half today, they scored like 90 in the second half. They're they're they are confusing. I don't. I sometimes James Harden looks like. He's like still, he just like woke up from a nap and he was at, at the club. And sometimes he looks decent and beat always looks good. You never know what you're getting from Tobias Harris. Like Shake and, and, and Tyrese Maxey are really good, but kind of sometimes not. They're there. They just confuse me. But I, if, if it's Philly and Phoenix, I hope they don't get to finish the series. Yes, I agree. I appreciate you. Anytime, brother. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.